0: All right, hello, and welcome to a special. Uh, we ran out of time to record something. Episode of uh, Stasis Pod. Now, I, I guess. Well, I guess we we ran out of time to record a regular episode, rather.
1: Yeah, scheduling things. Uh, I was at the dentist again and, and was novocated for a while, and I still have some slight yeah. swelling as of days ago.
0: And, uh, and what better to watch when you're high on uh, on dental medication than a bizarre hybrid of Lovecraftian uh, dark horror and uh, post-war film noir.
1: Yes, a, a, a movie made in the 90s, set in the 40s, about a writer from the 20s, kind <laughs> of.
0: Yes, this is 1991's Cast a Deadly Spell.
1: A direct to HBO movie.
0: Yes. some pretty decent direct-to-HBO movies at the time.
1: I mean, every once in a while. I, I am glad I had free HBO for five or ten years, however long it was, during this era. There was some good shit. And I believe... And th- This is one of the high points that, like, it has been nestled in my brain for 30 years now. I mean, this is
0: precisely up your alley.
1: Uh-huh. I I... This wouldn't have been my first encounter with Lovecraft. I probably read a couple short stories first, but this was very early mm-hmm. in encounters with and stuff. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I only came to this a couple of years ago. Um, it, it showed up on a uh, Canadian streaming service that has uh, the HBO archives. Hmm. And I, I however, I believe this is on HBO Max in the States. If, uh, if you want to check I it mean, out.
1: You would assume since they made it, yes. they should still have it. Because trying to get it on physical media is difficult as hell. Yeah, it
0: is strange. This feels like something would have, like, a semi-fancy DVD release from, like, uh, you know, Arrow Video or, or Vinegar Syndrome or somebody.
1: Yeah. But as far as I could tell, it was released on VHS. It might have, oh no, it's got, like, a German DVD or something weird. Yeah. So this, And this
0: has a a fairly illustrious creative team. This is uh, produced by Gail Ann Hurd, who is the... Uh, she's the ex-wife of James Cameron and also the ex-wife of Brian De Palma. And oh. she's produced a ton of huge movies. The Terminator, Aliens, Alien Nation, The Abyss, Tremors, Terminator 2. Oh.
1: Well, th- that would explain the cast. Yes. Because it, it, it's a... Deep cast of, well, ca- character actors to, I guess, B, touching to A, list actors. Yes.
0: And she's also a producer on The Walking Dead, so I assume she's cri- richer than God now.
1: No oh, probably. Uh, there's a hound howling on the moors in the background. Uh, yes. <laughs> I hope that's picked up on the
0: recording. Uh, and uh, directed by Martin Campbell. Uh, At this time, probably best known for his um, British TV miniseries, Edge of Darkness. Which was like a big hit. I think it it made it over to the States. Um, Features uh, Bob Peck, the guy who played uh, Muldoon in Jurassic Park. And uh, Joe Don Baker. Ah! But he went on to a very successful... uh, Feature career, he did uh, No Escape with uh, so that futuristic prison movie with Ray Liotta. Nineteen
1: ninety five,
0: Golden Eye.
1: Oh, there we go. Nineteen
0: ninety eight, Mask of Zorro.
1: Mm, um,
0: that's the one with Antonio Banderas.
1: Oh, okay, yeah,
0: yeah, that was a good one. Uh, th-
1: th- there's just so many Zorro movies. It's like, wait, which?
0: And one? And then maybe not. You know, he did Vertical Limit, uh, Beyond Borders, which I barely remember. Uh, the second Zora movie, which is not as good, and then another great Bond movie, Casino Royale. Oh. Unfortunately, a couple years later, he did Green Lantern.
1: Uh, well, you know.
0: And that has pretty much been it for his hit directorial career. But still, two really good Bond movies.
1: Yeah. And that Zora movie is good. Yeah, well, Uh, well, one of the Zora movies is good. I don't know if we've seen the other one. But you have to release a Zorro movie like every five years so that Batman could have gone to the movies 30 years ago when there was a Zorro movie in theaters. Precisely. And speaking of which, I think we're
0: about due for a Zorro movie. I think we're close. So, now I'm curious. When did the, when did the RPG uh, Call of Cthulhu come out?
1: Oh, I thought like 87 or something?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Because this definitely feels like somebody cooked this up after reading Call of *Cthulhu*.
1: Yeah. Oh no! I want the original date, not the new one. Dang it!
0: Although apparently the script of this had been in the works for like a decade. and was originally called *Lovecraft*.
1: Oh, yeah, that that will make sense. Uh, oh, 81. Oh. Yeah, that makes, yeah that, that's dead on.
0: Okay, that pretty much lines up, then. <laughs> yes. And I guess also, it, notably around this time, there had been some successful, like, B-movie Lovecraft adaptations for kind of the first time ever. This is right around the time well, of, like,
1: yeah. Re-animator,
0: Reanimator and um, From Beyond. It re-
1: Reanimator itself kind of reinvigorated, like, people paying attention to Lovecraft. mm mm-hmm. Because, like, until, uh, what the what was the director's name? Oh, um, uh, Stuart Gordon. Yes. Stuart Gordon, I like, I think he found the reanimator story, like, in a library somewhere and, like, somehow finagled the rights. Like, it was almost a lost story, Ooh. kind of. <laughs> and, like, got the rights, got the movie, and everybody was like, oh, yeah, that Lovecraft guy from decades ago. And And it just uh, sort of propagated uh, from there. And and then I think at
0: least some of his works might have been in the public domain at this point.
1: (gasps) Ooh, that's a tricky story. Yeah, I know it's tricky. (laughs) But, yes, like, I think it was Belknap Long, who was a younger co-writer at the time, like, was supposed to get handed off the rights... But then there there was, like, Durleth and shit. It was like, no, we'll publish his stuff. But the point is, nobody actually registered to keep the rights going. Right. Just that people thought, like, Durleth had them, and then Chaosium at some point, the uh, people were putting out the Call of Cthulhu RPG, because they were a little litigious. Mm-hmm. And then eventually everybody figured out, like, by, like, 2000, it's like, wait, nobody actually owns the rights. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> I mean, so, Lovecraft's I'm, everywhere. I'm not
0: sure the legalities of actually naming your main character after a deceased author who may still have an active estate.
1: Well, that, that's that's also the advantage. Like Lovecraft never had kids, right? His one of his aunts, I think, had a kid, maybe, but that that bloodline also might have died off. Uh, Lovecraft's Lovecraft's wife we never actually technically divorced but he separated from and never filed the paperwork to get divorced she had a daughter uh. before lovecraft uh. so legally maybe she should have got it but she also like divorced herself from her mother for uh. reasons <laughs> shit's bizarre uh. point is like no no one lovecraft is like the most public domain and and speaking
0: of shit's bizarre, we are we are setting here. It's L.A. It's 1948, and we are strongly yes. in the realm of what we now call urban fantasy.
1: Uh yes, but it, it well, it's urban fantasy by way of basic noir concepts. Yes which you know you basically you're detective from a immediately post-war era where everyone's feeling a little worn out inside like their souls have been crushed, which is perfect for urban fantasy,
0: yes, in this case their souls may literally have been crushed <laughs> yes, so you know they're you know mon- you know various monsters are real everybody uses magic. they're zombies who are like a lower class labor force.
1: yeah, the zombie situation well hmm oh this this story dances around while avoiding but dancing really close to the racism angle of Lovecraft yes but it, like zombies because like they specifically say like oh they're imported from the West Indies uh, they, they die every three months but did we get news fresh supplies from the West Indies and they're yes. all played by black people yes oh dear
0: well, I mean, I get you know, it's, it's a takeoff on the Haitian zombies.
1: It, yes, it, it is. taking a basic zombies and voodoo and stuff. I mean, the movie opens with a woman performing a voodoo ceremony.
0: Yes, this is um, uh, Hippolyte Kropotkin. I, some uh, some great not actually Lovecraftian, but fake Lovecraftian names in this.
1: Yeah, that name. I, I tried to look up if, like, that was a reference to something, and I was bringing up blanks.
0: Uh, this is uh, this is Arnisha Walker, who's done a ton of TV. Uh, and she's, yeah, she, she was like,
1: get, "Wait, I, I know I've seen her somewhere before, but I could not remember." Which is like everybody in this movie.
0: Oh yeah, she's been in everything. And yeah, she is a voodoo priestess, and she's also uh, the landlady of our main character, Detective Harry Philip Lovecraft. Yeah,
1: a, a friendly landlady, which is
0: something you don't get these days. Well, you know, she's uh, she's just trying to make ends meet herself because she's got a dance academy, I guess, in this same building.
1: Yeah, well, she's a witch and has, runs a dance academy and is letting out this apartment to the scumbag who is paying her rent named Lovecraft.
0: Yes, and uh, <laughs> Lovecraft played by the, the late, great Fred Ward.
1: Yeah, that, that that was part of the key ingredient of, well, why we thought to do this. It's just months after Fred Ward died. Because I remember it was like, oh, yeah, he was in that deadly spell. And then you mentioned you'd seen it. Yeah, unfortunately, ago, like,
0: we now have a more timely reason to uh, watch it as well as we'll get. Well,
1: to. yes.
0: Uh, but yeah, uh, Fred, word, yeah. Uh, Fred Ward was always great. I mean, he never quite had like the the big role that would have made him a bigger deal.
1: Yeah, this. What else was? Oh, tremor. yeah, well, Tremors. Tremors. I guess it was, kind of the biggest?
0: I mean, the thing that was supposed to be his big break was Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins.
1: Yes, but that's Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, and if anyone has seen that, you know why.
0: Well, yes. Well, he, he was also in the, the Right Stuff, where he's very good.
1: He was? Oh. I mean,
0: he, he was always in stuff, and he he was uh, in a fair bit of genre stuff, and I think he really fits in with the, the genre stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, he's he's perfect as a noir detective. yes. He just, he looks like a gruff guy from the 40s. Yes.
0: And uh, and notably, he is the one guy in, in the movie who does not use magic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and not, and the, the reason is basically just a reason of conscience.
1: Which, which also makes him a good noir protagonist. Like, everybody else is corrupt and twisted, and he's like, no, I'm sticking to the shit that worked before. Mm-hmm.
0: And so we, we open in a nightclub, which we later find out is the Dunwich Room.
1: Yes, of course. Named after the Dunwich Horror, which has nothing to do with this movie. Uh-huh. It's just a good uh, name.
0: The whole play, the, the place is run by uh, by mobster Harry Borden, played by uh, the great, and thankfully not late, uh, Clancy Brown.
1: Oh, yeah, he's great. It, it's I think it's the most clean-shaven clean I've ever seen him. I, he's also
0: clean shaven in uh, Shawshank, I think.
1: Uh, oh yeah, because he's one of the guards. Yeah, but yeah, like most other movies, like he's scruffy or has weird hair or beard. Here he's just got a little pencil mustache.
0: And, uh, and also a guy who has a uh, you know an affinity for genre work.
1: Yep. You
0: know, at this point he'd been in Highlander. I think maybe Cemetery. I think a year or so later, he's going to be in Petson, too. Oh. That's like 93 or something. Huh. And yeah, of course, you know, he's he's a nightclub owner, and like all nightclub owners in noir movies, he is crooked. <laughs> of course. And also seemingly like all nightclub owners in noir movies, he is uh, dating the, uh, the Torch Singer.
1: Y- yes? I, I mean, that's... This is Shit, a big thing. I'm trying thing
0: to think of. In, I mean, anything you know.
1: where that doesn't happen, like I mean, if you have a torch singer and you meet the nightclub owner, he's dating her.
0: I get. I guess there isn't really a torch singer in Casablanca. Which no? is quite that isn't quite noir. I mean, they've got you yeah, know they've got uh, Sam who plays the piano.
1: Yeah, it, it's in the ballpark.
0: But uh, no, and the uh, the nightclub singer in question here is. Uh, Connie Stone, played by a not-quite-yet-famous Julianne Moore.
1: Yeah, I, I, I sort of remembered some of the other characters acting here. I forgot she was in this.
0: And featuring Julianne Moore as Jessica Rabbit.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Jessica Rabbit by way of Poison Ivy's color scheme, but yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, I always like Julianne Moore, but uh, if I may be frank here, I was uh, tugging my collar and steam was emerging from it, like... Uh, <laughs> like Charlie Sheen in Hot Shots.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And she I, does, I, sure, I think she does her own singing.
1: Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, because, like, the singing is, like, like very quiet and throaty. The, um, the version of this I was watching, the audio balance isn't great. Mm. There were some scenes where it was hard to understand what people were saying. Ah.
0: And, and, and like, I on so I was had... very quiet. I had subtitles, so that was handy.
1: Ah. Oh, I didn't even check if I had subtitles as an option. Uh, so
0: the plot here is that there's a, there's a, a guy named Mickey, uh, played by Ken Thorley, uh, who uh, you may remember as uh, Mister Mott, the uh, the barber on the Enterprise.
1: The Enterprise had a barber? What?
0: Well, the, the gag is he's he's like one of those blue aliens and he's bald.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Uh, he's also the the pest control guy who gets killed by Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Anyway, he's got a uh, he's got a he has uh, acquired a large grimoire and is has sold it to uh, to Harry. And as we later find out, this is indeed the Necronomicon because, of course, it is.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, which is is a cliche. It was less of a cliche in the nineties. Now, yes. it's Oh, of course, it's the Necronomicon.
0: Yeah, I, I but, don't know that most people would be familiar with the Necronomicon at the time.
1: No, not really. I Although I, I, I eh, think it might have been new to me at the time. Well, actually, I, it had been an Evil Dead by this point. Oh well, I hadn't seen Evil Dead then. I, I think I don't think it was until late '90s that I saw Evil Dead.
0: Oh. Anyway, so he there there has been a there's been a switcheroo, and uh, Mickey has in fact given Clancy Brown a fake Necronomicon.
1: Yes, an empty Oh, in the. Ne- it's maybe not my favorite version of the Necronomicon, but it is so thick. It's like it's almost a foot thick of book.
0: I it, it's like one of it's those impressive. Marvel omnibuses that are really hard to read.
1: Yeah, I my grandparents had a dictionary that was like almost that thick. It was massive. It's like oh, great prop. But yes, it's Like it's a fake Necronomicon. But and what? Oh no! Yeah, he sends him after he figures out it's fake. He sends his little little tiny henchman guy.
0: Yes, I, I've seen this guy in things. He's... I, I get a real... Um, oh, what's his name?
1: <laughs> You're having a me moment. Yes.
0: I get a real Nathan Lane said no moment for this guy.
1: Yeah. There's or Nathan Lane
0: a, wasn't yet famous.
1: Yeah, there, there's moments when he's playing at a little camp.
0: Yes. Uh, this what? is Tugwell, and he is the guy who has the the zombie manservant.
1: Yes, who's like he's the little guy, and he has a really big zombie manservant.
0: Uh, you may remember this guy from Malcolm and Eddie, or from uh, from the movie Freaked, uh, where he freaked? plays the Toad. Oh. oh, I I just can't resist any opportunity to mention Freaked.
1: <laughs> was that made in Canada? No, it was not. Oh. I just
0: it is really gels with my sense of humor
1: mm.
0: anyway, so he uh, we get really our first cool magic set piece here as it turns out that there's been a double double cross here because instead of the cash, Mickey just has a bunch of sheets of paper. Of course. and then Tugwell used, creates a magical cyclone that kills this guy with a thousand paper cuts.
1: Yes, Death, uh, have you ever heard the anime Read or Die? I know of it. Yes, it, it's where a, a character, or in the TV series, multiple characters, have the ability to control paper because paper and books love them. And this is very much like a read or die move. It's like just ah. death by a thousand cuts. And we also
0: see here that uh, that Mickey has a compatriot, uh, Lily, hmm. a, a blonde woman. Uh, I, I don't know if we should give away the twist here. I, I mean,
1: well, it, 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 as soon as you see them, or for as, soon as I saw them, it was kind of obvious. But uh, I guess we can wait for that twist because that twist is going to be in the third act, and um, that's a conversation.
0: Yeah, it's uh, not it, it would be handled uh, differently today.
1: Yes. Yeah, I would freaking hope so. So meanwhile,
0: off in another plot, uh, Lovecraft has got his uh, his case. And he's been hired by the uh, the wealthy and eccentric Amos Hackshaw, another fantastic uh, pseudo Lovecraftian name, yeah. and played by the 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 more recently late and great David Warner. Yes. Is he hey David Warner? Now we're talking. And of course, as as he's coming into this place, he startles a unicorn.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, which is being hunted by a girl who turns out to be uh, Hackshaw's daughter, uh, played by Alexandra Powers. Yes.
1: Oh, wait, does that mean that Lovecraft is a replicant or not? Because he saw a (laughs) unicorn?
0: I don't know, I'll have to see if there's any origami in this.
1: No, I don't think there was, but that would have fit in well. (laughs) Like origami magic. Uh, Then again, I I, I guess... uh, Shinto magic wasn't as big in the 90s. No, we hadn't quite
0: crossed I mean uh, I don't know if the worlds of Lovecraft and Japan had yet to co- had yet collided at that point.
1: They'd collided in Japan,
0: <laughs>
1: but the, the, the anime had not transitioned back to America yet. Okay. Cuz like um Call of Cthulhu was, I don't know if it still is, more popular in Japan than Dungeons and Dragons? Wow, really? Yeah, somehow Call of Cthulhu was like their first big RPG that was imported. Oh, I, I get, I, I guess because the RPG culture over there is different. Where like trying to schedule an RPG session is hard enough, <laughs> but apparently Japan it's harder. So Call of Cthulhu is better because it's mostly one shots. Ah, so you don't have to keep coming back for a series of weeks. Right. Like that. We meet when we can. We'll do a Call of Cthulhu. Maybe we'll see each other again next month. <laughs>
0: So anyway, Hackshaw is you know an, an eccentric and spooky millionaire. He's uh... yes. He, the ne- Necronomicon was stolen from him by his uh, former chauffeur Larry, mm-hmm. and Hackshaw believed that he was trying to mess with uh, Olivia, who is sixteen, and uh, as uh, Hackshaw is quite insistent, a virgin.
1: Uh, yeah. Still. Well, this, this is another weird part of the movie. Ah, uh, the, the virgin stuff, and and the character, uh, the whole character. Oh. Uh.
0: This is not unusual for a movie of this time. I mean, a couple of years before this we had the Monster Squad.
1: Yeah, I, I mean well yes, the 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 virgin being part of the plot line thing. That I get, it it's the relations to the character is bizarre.
0: I mean it's kind of a bizarre character and of course Warner is great at playing this kind of role.
1: Well yeah, cuz he's basically playing an old wizard with a book. Yes. It's perfect. It's like either I'm a mad scientist or I'm a wizard. That works.
0: And of course, he's got a bunch of uh, weird fish tanks.
1: Yeah, and and like I feel like there was a scene missing uh, because Lovecraft makes reference to that squid you're feeding, but I don't remember seeing any. No, I didn't see the squid in the tanks. Like I felt like there was a prop and a scene that didn't work and was cut. Yes. Was like that should have been a Cthulhu reference, but no.
0: Anyway, and uh, Olivia is uncomfortably not wishing to be a virgin at this point, including throwing herself at uh, Lovecraft here, who uh, thankfully resists her charms.
1: He doesn't resist seriously enough or quickly enough. It, it's a little no, 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 please. He's kind of humoring her. Yeah, but he's also kind of an asshole.
0: Well, I mean, again, that, that is your that is your noir hero. Yeah. He's, a, he's almost more of an anti-hero, before we really had the term anti-hero.
1: Yeah, that, that is a noir thing, where, where a lot of the times they're unlikable, they're a drunk or yes. an asshole, a womanizer mm. or some shit. It, it's just that it doesn't endear him through a lot of this movie. Well, no. Other than the fact that he's Fred Ward, and it's fun watching him.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that it's Fred Ward and his natural charisma does a lot of the
1: heavy lifting here. Yeah. Oh, and also sometimes it just rains blood there, I guess. Oh yeah, that was a nice effect. It's like he just the movie just keeps getting little more and more weirder magic bits, and the raining blood is like, oh, this this movie is weird. Well, that and the giant gargoyle squatting on top of his house.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't get a great look at it here, but uh, Hackshaw has a gargoyle as is familiar, and uh, he has that keep an eye on
1: uh, yeah and- on Lovecraft. Almost looks like the gargoyle from Tales from the Dark Side. That is side. exactly
0: what I was about to say.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of looks like that with a new head. I feel like they hired the same gargoyle guy.
0: Possibly. Is Dave, wait, is David Warner in? He's not in Tales from the Dark Side. I. He's no. got to be
1: in. Or he, is he in Creep Show? One of the Creep Shows.
0: Oh, I don't One think. The, I Google. don't think he's in Creep He might be in like mm. some of those like Amicus anthologies from Britain. Mm. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, From Beyond the Grave and whatever. Dr. Terror's House of Horrors.
1: (laughs) It's a dumb name.
0: Anyway, so we...
1: uh, Oh, there's recurring gags about how ugly Lovecraft's tie is. Yes. It is, in fact, an ugly tie. It's just weird that that's, like, a running gag.
0: Yes, I believe this is around the time that he runs into... uh, We find out that he used to be a cop and run into his old boss, uh, Charles Hallahan... Well, uh, det-
1: uh, no. character, that's the actor's name. Yes. The, the character is Detective Bradbury. Yes. Which is like a thing. No, he was he was in an earlier throwaway scene when we first see Lovecraft and they're arresting a woman. But it, yeah. it, it's like after Lovecraft and Bradbury, I kept expecting like more writer names to pop up. Yes. And unless there were pen names of some people, I didn't notice any others.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh, this is Charles Hallahan, a guy who's in everything. He's the uh, the guy who's basically the... the, He has the mayor of Amity role in the 90s volcano movie Dante's Peak. Hmm. He's like, oh, we don't need to evacuate the town. The the, the volcano's fine. He totally gets killed by the volcano. (laughs) Yeah. And as uh, TV viewers of the 80s and 90s may recall, he is the... He plays basically this role, but in a non-magical context on the uh, cop show Hunter.
1: Oh, right. That's what, I, that's what it was getting to me. It's like, I, I know I've seen this guy on TV, I just forgot where.
0: Right, I'm trying to remember what that... that because there, there's also a supernatural twist to that murder that he... Uh, or that of the crime that's the going beginning? on. Yes, I can't remember what exactly oh, it was.
1: It was a voodoo doll. Oh, the it's
0: voodoo doll. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, 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 the movie introduces you to oh, there's a voodoo woman, and then voodoo doll kills it. But it's like some white lady who punches out one of the cops. Yes. who's using the voodoo doll? Because everyone uses magic. Yeah.
0: So he goes to uh, Willis's uh, Willis's residence, which he's now abandoned, and. uh and we're letting the special effects guys have some fun here, because the owner yes. is dealing with an infestation of gremlins that were apparently brought over from Japan after the war.
1: <laughs> yes, they're so adorable. Oh, they, they, well, they're not quite like gremlins' gremlins, but they're in the ballpark. They're, they're sort of fatter. They're versions. like if one of
0: those had sex with a critter.
1: Yes, yes, because they're little roly-poly balls with big ears, yes. mostly.
0: If you somehow crossed a gremlin and a critter, you would get these.
1: Oh, they're they're so adorable, and they're in such throwaway scenes in the movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, they have no relevance to plot, but I like that he just pulls up this engine casing and this car is infested with them.
1: And there's just four of
0: them. And we also see some, like, unruly street kids uh, wrecking a car with magic.
1: Oh yeah, I, I was trying to figure out what the hell they were chanting to cause the car to burst into flames or whatever. I could not happened.
0: make it out myself. I'm just going to assume it's the same thing that the uh, kids used to summon that like weird green guy on that uh, one episode of Star Trek.
1: Okay.
0: Anyway, so he he does find three clues here. There mm-hmm. is a uh, mm-hmm. there is a picture of Mickey and Lily from the Dunwich Club.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, there there's is a uh, there's some perfume which is later identified as no real lady would uh, use that perfume. Oh. Which is I unfortunate. thought it was
1: lipstick, but I guess it was
0: perfume. It's perfume. And there is a note on a uh, a housing development stationery that that reveals the location of the uh, of something at Union Station,
1: hmm.
0: which of course is the book. So he goes to the Dunwich Club, and wouldn't you know it, uh, Connie Stone is of course his old flame. And uh, and Clancy Brown is uh, his old partner, and of course, uh, Clancy Brown was crooked. Well, yes. I mean, if you have two cops and one of them is Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown is definitely the crooked
1: one. Well, well, normally, if you have two cops, one of them is always two ex-cops, one of them is always crooked. But yes, Clancy Brown is going to be the crooked cop. Yes. And, and they describe zombies as, like, bonbons. Because yes. they just rot so quick.
0: Well, and well, they come, like, six in a box.
1: Yeah. Oh. There's some weird, subtle racism there.
0: Yeah, they, they last about three months with the... Uh, depending on the weather.
1: Yeah. Which, oh, that- which does work. Like, it, it makes you know, oh, yes, Clancy Brown character is the bad guy.
0: And, of course, there is another running gag here where... Lovecraft's always giving people his card, but he's accidentally giving them the card oh, of the Dance Academy.
1: Yeah, that, I think that only happens like three times, because, yeah, his landlady gave him cards to give out because he's late on rent, of course. Yes. <laughs> That's a detective.
0: And you'll see so, Clancy Brown curse a guy who's trying to get a recording contract, and he makes him talk
1: backwards. Oh, backwards. I didn't even pay attention. I, I just know like... He grabbed the guy's throat and, like, he couldn't sing anymore because he couldn't talk normal. Oh, backwards. Backwards makes more sense. Yeah. But, yeah, it's subtle shit. Like, everyone keeps using magic except for Lovecraft.
0: So, yeah, so, uh, you know, Clancy Brown is not particularly helpful. He tries to get Lovecraft to join his organization, who is not having it. So, you know, he goes home... I uh, wakes up and uh, Hackshaw's daughter is in his office. You know she's apologizing, for being super weird. So they they go for breakfast, and uh, we see oh,
1: breakfast at lunch.
0: Yes, we see uh, we see fake Nathan Lane again, and he uh, bribes the diamond manager to uh, deliver some cursed runes to Lovecraft.
1: Yes, and it's a while before they actually say it, but but this sequence is playing out basically the story casting the runes.
0: Oh, is that a Lovecraft story?
1: No, it's, um... Oh, what the fuck is the name? Um, Shoot.
0: Robert E. Howard?
1: No, it's an old British guy.
0: Oh, uh, Birkin? M.R. James. Oh, M.R. James.
1: Yeah. Uh, Casting the Runes, which was made into a movie called Night of the Demon, which added a demon to the story and and made the bad guy actually a clown in a great scene. Oh, that's a fun movie. Which was also sort of remade into the Sam Raimi movie. Oh, what the fuck? Drag Me to Hell.
0: Oh, okay. I've seen Drag Me to Hell.
1: Yeah. The the, the basic plot of that, it's like, you get a slip of paper that is going to summon a demon that will drag you to hell. Ah. And thus, that scene plays out in like five minutes in this movie. Or that that
0: story plays out in five minutes in this movie. So there's kind of a fight over this slip of paper. It's a pretty sick diner fight.
1: I. uh, It's good. In the back of the kitchen. That's fun.
0: And then eventually, this demon ends up emerging from a pot of oatmeal.
1: Oh, that was oatmeal. And and it looks like a horse skull Muppet demon.
0: It it looks like they stole it from the set of uh, The Dark Crystal.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It just comes out and it murders who has the paper, but you have to accept the paper.
0: Yes, and it turns out it's the Diary manager here who who gets uh, hideously murdered.
1: What? it they're doing good camera work to cover up the fact that they're just shaking a Muppet over this guy. Yes, I mean and blood spraying everywhere.
0: I mean the puppets are very impressive in this movie, but they are just puppets.
1: Yes, the, the Gremlin puppet is probably the best one.
0: I mean, I think the gar- it's Well, I, I mean, I'd say the Gargoyle is really good, and then well,
1: well, the Gargoyle is like a full guy in a suit with a like uh, animatronic head, and then the thing we see in the end looks amazing. The thing we see in the end is just really weird, but it, it's like a giant puppet when we get there
0: yeah it's like like an animatronic I guess
1: hmm. but yeah the 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 oatmeal death just kills the the chef and or diner manager and, and like then they ha- <laughs> lovecraft hits it with a frying pan and knocks it into the freezer yes because <laughs> it's not going away. <laughs> And then, then while he's sharing a cigarette with one of the line cooks in the back, the ma- <laughs> the diner owner's body gets up, covered in blood, shakes a bit, and just falls back down. Like, that that was almost a jump scare, but it was too funny.
0: Yes. And that, Which course-
1: is like, this This movie dances around being a little bit comedy. Yeah,
0: the weird thing is they, they have like a VHS cover for it on uh, Wikipedia, and it says that it's like a comedy. It's the comedy detective thriller.
1: Which... uh, No, but yes. It's not flat-out comedy. I mean, the
0: VHS cover is terrible.
1: Yeah, well, yes, it's garbage. But it's, it's trying to play the magic and Lovecraft bullshit so straight that it does work as a comedy sometimes, but it doesn't do that enough. Yeah. It's more just, like... Urban wall or urban fantasy stuff.
0: So of course they have we to give statements jerks. about this to the police. We see Charles Hallahan again. We also meet uh, Detective Otto
1: Grimaldi. Uh, oh, I think he's the one that gets punched out at the beginning. Oh, I think you're right. Yes, and he he he, he and Olivia quickly hit it off. Uh, yes, despite the fact that him being a cop with a job and her being sixteen. The thing is, she didn't have to be sixteen. Yeah, I know. It like. Like it's, it's, it's eighteen. It's forty. It's the forties.
0: I can buy a twenty-year-old virgin.
1: Eh. Yes, but that might be eighteen would have been perfect. Yes. I don't know why they went under, especially when the actress is probably in her twenties. Uh, let's see,
0: nineteen ninety-one.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Doing the math.
0: Doing the math. Uh, no birth year listed, so hmm. uh, I'm going to say probably yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway so her his landlady gets him out of jail or out of out of the station here I think.
1: oh, yeah, because he he goes in like on his own to talk to them cause after the after somebody gets murdered in the diner, the cops pick him up bring him in, and, and then he encounters various background things. There's a seance, there's vampire hookers, there's a werewolf being interrogated, and then, then his, his old chief's like, oh, yeah, nice, nice talking, and then he's not answering questions like, okay, now we're going to interrogate the fuck out of you. As Until we the see, landlady brings a lawyer.
0: And also we see like both a vampire and a werewolf being booked in this uh, yes police station. Definitely a vampire prostitute.
1: Yeah, I think I think that was the implication.
0: I assume there was a Lady of the Evening gag that got cut.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, it does, like, it feels like there should be more scenes, and if there was a proper DVD release, they might be on there. Yes. It's been 30 years, so those seeds are probably lost, huh. like wherever the squid went.
0: <laughs> uh. Anyway, so he so he goes back, you know, he tells Grimaldi to watch over Olivia. He goes back home, and of course, uh, Julianne Moore is there. Uh... And uh, and uh, this is a little surprising, given uh, this is early '90s HBO, but no sex scene ensues, but one is implied.
1: I well, it wait, no, they. Well, okay, it's not an actual sex scene. It's the lead into it. It's the sex scene you would get in the '40s after the Hays Code. Yes, when the Hays Code started, like it leads into it, and then they wake up, and he's in bed, she's not. She's, you know, negligee thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that is kind of yeah for the nineties. Well, I guess it was ninety one. It wasn't in the middle of the nineties when you definitely would have got a sex scene. I mean, I feel
0: that on HBO though. I mean, they're they're this is around the time of like Tales to the Crypt.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could have. It is kind of weird. Oh,
0: I mean, I'm not I'm not complaining,
1: but no, it it doesn't need to be there. It's just it's odd that it's not a little bit more. I mean, not that we see Julianne Moore's tits or anything, but it's like something a little bit yeah. anyway so she, well, she,
0: well, she gives him a little information about Mickey and Lily that you know she's, she's, she met Lily a couple of times had some girl talk
1: yes it, it, it's starting to put the clues together for him
0: yeah. and of course we we run into uh, Mrs. Kropokin who is very concerned about the Necronomicon
1: yes <laughs> yes yes I've heard of that book fuck it I'm getting out of town I'm going to Florida <laughs> yes here is a magic bracelet that won't actually come up in the movie.
0: I really thought that was going to come up. It, I don't believe it does.
1: Yeah, so did I. It's like, again, scene missing.
0: Yes. And then, of course, we also we get a brief scene of uh, Grimaldi spying on Olivia, getting discovered, and then getting taken into the mansion so she can take care of him.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, and every once in a while, we see the gargoyle spying on Lovecraft. Yes, we get, a, get a bunch of Olivia gargoyle
0: vision. vision. Yeah. And we, we head now to this new housing development, Vista Bonita, where we're we're sort of, this movie's way of sort of telling us that we're transitioning from the 40s into the 50s.
1: Yes, and also kind of does the best gags in the movie, which are just sight gags of zombies building things
0: yes. badly. And uh, the one running this is played by Amber Peruba, who I mostly mentioned because she's also in the movie Wishmaster, in which she plays oh. a character named Wendy Durleth.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that would have been funny if she was named Wendy Durleth here. <laughs> it would have been more appropriate. And you should have thrown in a few more. Like, there, there's what is it? The hotel or something's called Ashbury or something. You could have called that Ashton Clark Ashton Smith.
0: I'm, I'm surprised obvious. that at no point. Nobody names drop name uh, that nobody names
1: name drops Arkham
0: or Miskatonic University at any point in this.
1: Yeah, well, those are East Coast things in LA, but it would have made sense. like. Oh no! Wait, where did do, where did he say he get, got the book from? Oh, I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember. I don't.
0: I do really remember there was some kind of Lovecraft reference, though.
1: Yeah, maybe that was Miskatonic.
0: Yeah. I anyway, guess,
1: yes, we're at the construction site.
0: Yeah, I guess the, the combination of Lovecraft and Los Angeles is kind of a weird one. Did Lovecraft ever actually go out west?
1: No, he, he did a lot more traveling than most people think, but mostly he went to Florida. I think, not out to Chicago. He went to like, Ohio or something maybe once. And he went to Montreal. The longest thing he ever wrote was a description of a trip to Montreal. Oh. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, he would have approved of Montreal. That is an extremely old city.
1: But yeah, he never went to the West Coast. He, he, which never, is he, out he, where...
0: he never left Eastern Standard Time.
1: No. Clark Ashton Smith was West Coast and never came out to the East Coast, which is ah. kind of annoying. It would have been nice if those two actually got to hi- hang out. <laughs> Although they may have actually hated each other in person since Lovecraft was racist and Clark Ashton Smith wasn't as much. I mean, well, Lovecraft was racist for the time, and it was, it was the 20s and 30s. Like, oh my god,
0: dude, chill. So you know, it turns out that Mickey was the was the head of Vista Bonita, who's building this community, and hmm. that uh, Lily is staying at the Hotel Ashcroft. So uh,
1: again, why isn't Ashton? Uh. Uh.
0: So with, uh, with with Connie's help, he he lures. Uh, Lily into the hotel room, and at this point, uh, need I mention that uh, the Crying Game I believe came out this same year.
1: Oh yeah, it, it, uh, well th- this is I guess the the third act twist kind of kind. I mean, and, uh, I mean, kinda,
0: I mean Lily is a tertiary character, and I guess we can say here Lily is played by uh, Lee Tergeson. Um You may know him as the the main guy in the, in that show Oz.
1: Oh. Ever watched those? Hmm.
0: Uh, he's uh, he's Terry in uh, in both Wayne's World movies.
1: Terry, wow! I have I other than a few scenes, I barely remember the Wayne's World movies. He, he's
0: in a lot of stuff. He's he's, he's still uh, a guy who turns up. I got he does a ton of TV guest appearances.
1: This, this is where pronouns <laughs> become a thing. Because oh crap! Oh, I he
0: played um, he played Karen Page's dad on Daredevil.
1: Yeah. I like I haven't seen this movie since the nineties, but I half remembered this movie. And this is a part I forgot for good reason. Yeah, I saw this a couple years ago and I had totally forgotten about this.
0: I because yeah,
1: like they are an incidental character. Yes. But it, it's a trans character in the nineties set in the forties and with the baggage that comes with that. Well it's a Presumably they're trans. It's not I mean, entirely it, it, spelled it, out, but that seems to be like everything in the movie of that character. I mean, how could, they act.
0: It could also be a drag thing.
1: X. Mm, I, oh, I guess they don't. I mean, say the thing is, in pronouns. the nineties,
0: anybody but, but who there's this like, scene
1: like, "Give me my hair back, yeah. my hair, not my wig, my hair." Yes. So I, 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 my brain is leaning toward, I mean, we're two cis guys trying to deal with this. I mean, scene, the thing but, is, oh. in,
0: in 1991, no, very few cis people would distinguish between yes. a drag performer and a trans person.
1: Yes, especially since Lovecraft calls them the F word, not the fun fucking F word, the other F word. Yeah,
0: there is some, uh, some vintage uh, homophobia in there. Well, we're also using another F word. <laughs> what? Uh, he uses Fairy at one point as well.
1: Oh, oh, the- <laughs> that one's not great, but it's okay in comparison. But but yes, like, uh, Lure's there. Like, the first thing he does is knocks Lily out with one punch. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, he's just there, after- knocks him out. Puts a drink on the stand for Lily to have when she wakes up. Goes over to the closet, gets the book, and, and waits for her to wake up. And it is a little
0: unfortunate because uh, this same year thereabouts, you actually you had um, David Duchovny's character on Twin Peaks, who, well imperfect, perfect, was better representation.
1: Guy, like, no, oh, that's the thing with this. Like, it's like he's he punches her the fuck out. But then he's nice about breaking the information that her boyfriend died to her by giving her a drink. So it's like dancing back and forth between, like, you're doing the worst version and, and an okay version. And he used the F word. Oh, movie, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You're making me hate the main character. And he's Fred Ward. You yes. didn't want to hate Fred Ward.
0: But, and also notably, uh, Lily wants to flee to Tijuana. And that may Again, be a sideways reference to sex changes?
1: Yes. That was my thought, too.
0: I mean, that's that's something that was used in, say, Ed Wood, which came out around the same time.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh Ed Wood was the same... Wow. Well, no, no Ed, Ed Wood was a,
0: three years later. No, Ed Wood is um, 94.
1: Still, that that's... Uh, like every, Most things you realize, oh, yeah, stuff happened in the 90s or the 80s or whatever, but then Ed Wood is that old feels weird for some reason. But it makes sense because, well, again, it's a movie talking about the forties, thirties, mm. whatever.
0: Anyway, it turns out that uh, David, War- or that uh, the Clancy Brown is really behind Vista Benita. Yes. and that he uh, that he had her infiltrate uh, David Warner's house and to find out why David Warner wanted to buy this development for a ton of money, like way more than it's worth.
1: Yes, but but then. Lily and Mickey double-crossed them by stealing the book, mm-hmm. and a blank copy that David Warner had produced... For insurance. I guess. I mean... It, Why would he need insurance considering the plan going forward? Makes no sense. But he has a blank copy, and they use the blank copy, and, and then Tugwell, the little guy, killed Mickey without finding out where the fuck the book was. Right. That's screwed... <laughs> Made things weirder, which which is why Lovecraft's involved. Mm. And so he's
0: going to, and uh, so yeah, David Warner's is going to unleash the great old ones. Uh, they 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 name drop Yog Sothoth and Cthulhu here. And that Olivia will be put, will be sacrificed in a virgin sacrifice.
1: Yes, which if if you see Monster Squad, you know where the end of this movie is going.
0: Yes, except way grosser.
1: Yes, <laughs> but. Oh, there's also another th- reference. Oh, yeah, yes, I was actually was to reference the Monster Squad again. Without because... this big Monster Squad, because the Gargoyle shows up, kills Lily. Gee, thanks. You've already knocked her the fuck out and <laughs> insulted her, and she dies. Which, okay. In, on one hand, it is kind of neat that so many side characters die throughout this movie. Like it's fatalistic yes. in a way.
0: And I mean, this is clearly a movie that loves gross monster kills.
1: Yeah, so you get some gore there. That's fine it's just annoying but oh, oh the scene with the gargoyle is so good <laughs> lovecraft is shooting with a gun it's like it's not doing anything he runs out of bullets and then the gargoyle just puts his handles on his hips like now what the fuck are you gonna do <laughs> which is like <laughs> that, that guy has such a big laugh out of me yeah, and then he it, kicks the gargoyle in the nerds
0: yeah the gargoyle's <laughs> got nerds
1: uh, oh 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 laughing doesn't hurt today it, it still was hurting yesterday <laughs> Uh, but uh, so, the, uh, the, uh, it's So we go from th- this dramatic, trans-panic, weird shit to action, to comedy of kicking a gargoyle in the balls to run away. <laughs> it's such mood swings. And yes. then, then we run into Clancy Brown and things level out again.
0: Right, well, so he, he escapes with, uh, with Julianne Moore, but of course, because this is a film noir, it is a double-cross, and she did not betray... She didn't betray Clancy Brown. She betrayed Lovecraft to Clancy Brown. Yes. Which, the,
1: like, she's a femme fatale, of course. Yes,
0: and of course... Admittedly,
1: she's not the one that brought him the case, as no. normally happens, but Yeah, I was a little surprised by
0: that. Well, I, I mean, that I... That
1: doesn't always happen, but, it like... It, it, well, okay, that role was kind of filled by the woman in green with the voodoo at the beginning. Yes. It's like, the first woman you see mm-hmm. is gonna be evil.
0: So, and of course, he is uh, displeased that... Uh, that fake uh, Nathan Lane killed Mickey before he could find the book. So he has the gargoyle drown him in the tub.
1: Uh, the, the, the zombie. Drown right, him in the tub. zombie, yes.
0: So they headed to Vista Bonita, and, uh, you know, David Warner's already there. And it turns out that he, uh, David Warner, and uh, Clancy Brown were working together the
1: whole time. Kinda, yeah, yeah, but like Clancy Brown was like trying to double cross him to get more money. Yes, I mean, to de- get more, also get immortality out of it.
0: Yes, I mean the deal is that uh, the the great old ones will ravage the earth. Uh, Clancy Brown will rule the earth, and then Dave Warner will ascend to godhood? Question mark.
1: Uh, you, your basic cultist wizard bullshit that's like you're trying to get rational things out of irrational concept demon god things. <laughs> that ain't gonna work for you, buddy.
0: But uh, Julianne Moore has no intention of being ruled by Clancy Brown so she just shoots him.
1: Yes, it's a triple cross.
0: Yes. it shoots Clancy Brown that is... Yes. Uh, but then Dave Warner woman. he has the zombie uh, capture her before she can shoot Lovecraft. He wants them to both he wants them both to see what he's doing. Yeah,
1: which... That's kind of weird. It's like why, like, it's amazing how little Lovecraft d- has to do with this movie. He kicks the z- the gargoyle in the nuts, and that's kind of e- everything he does for the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like I mean, I guess just it, it's around. kind of a. I mean, it's uh, it's like uh, Indiana Jones, you know, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Yeah, but but it's well, I, I guess uh, in a way, it kind of is a noir thing that. that the villain's own machinations take them down. Yes. But, like, that he has so little to do at the end of the movie.
0: I can't remember if they explain exactly what is up with Visa Bonita. Is it on, like, ley lines or something? Uh,
1: Presumably? Something like that. It's it's a good enough space where where when when the the right planets are in the wrong place at the right time, Mm. and this place works, you need a temple cult, although it's a gazebo holding <laughs> yes. this ritual at, which was kind of funny.
0: And so, you know, David Warner conducts this ritual, and is there any actor who you would rather hear summoning the Elder Gods?
1: Oh, no, it's great. It's like, like he, he names off Cthulhu and Yogg-Sothoth and the Black Goat and Sothog, although they say either he's pronouncing them wrong, or they filed off names to change a couple things. Mm. I mean, the Black Goat's name is... Um, Kind of an odd mouthful if you say it wrong.
0: Well, that's why he's a Shakespearean actor.
1: Yes, but he doesn't say "Sphaggo" right, which which annoys me because that's my favorite old god. Also, he's a Clark Ashton Smith creation, not Lovecraft. Anyway, yeah. he? yes, he's a big fat toad god who's who's either just going to eat you because he's an unknowable cosmic thing, or effectively just sit in his chair eating Cheetos.
0: <laughs> he's capricious. And, uh, so they summon this enormous, goopy, animatronic elder god. I... I... I does this correspond to any specific... I, uh, it, it looks really cool.
1: Yes. I, I'm glad they didn't actually name what it was supposed to be so you can leave it inter- or to interpretation like, maybe that was supposed to be Yog sothoth and if true, that would be a really weird version. Although, oh, um... Dunwich Horror, actually, yeah. Where, uh... The, the horrible spawn thing at the end is half Yogg Sothoth, half human. And, and it, it like, well, it's invisible for one, but they sprinkle powder on it. And it looks like it's half the face of an old wizard. Mm. Which this could sort of be, like, like, Yogg Sothoth is, is the gate and the key. It's, it's a collection of bubbles that somehow is an elder god, but is also a portal to the dimension of the elder gods. I mean, this one really made me think of uh, the end
0: of Watchmen.
1: Oh yeah, the the intended with the squid thing. Yes. But uh, Oh, it it um. What am I thinking? Well, the face is a little bit like a rancor, but it also made me think of um oh the the monster from the gate.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that.
1: Only the gate was like on a snake body, this is sort of just it's flopped down where the gazebo was and the ground is cracked like the end of the last season of Stranger Things. I
0: mean, you never quite see the whole thing.
1: Yeah, you mostly just see a mouth, tentacles maybe, and a mouth that comes out of the mouth, yes. which is a Muppet hand.
0: So it, uh, it it grabs Olivia, but then pretty quickly drops her and instead grabs uh, David Warner.
1: Yes, the old wizard, because, like, the first one didn't taste right, so I'm going to eat a wizard instead. Sure.
0: And uh, so, yeah, David Warner totally gets eaten by this thing, which is fantastic. Oh,
1: yeah. And Lovecraft actually tries to try tries. save him? Barely. He's like, I oh, grab your hands. Uh, well, I'm not going to try that hard. <laughs> I mean, he's had a rough day. He's doing the best he can. <laughs> yes. He's, he's been attacked by oatmeal, a gargoyle.
0: <laughs> and then he just sink, it just sinks into the earth
1: yeah and it's like it eats the wizard sinks into the earth the zombie turns off and falls down and the gargoyle just fades away mm-hmm. like everything cleans up like the gargoyle should have still been there to do something or the zombie yeah. but it, it turns like, out that Frank yeah, warned somebody to punch
0: it turns out that Grimaldi is in the trunk of the car still alive and uh, all of reality has been saved by statutory rape
1: Oh my god, that's my note too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's my exact reaction. Is like, oh, the day is saved because of statutory rape. What the fuck? I I mean, I knew that punchline was coming after you introduced the virgin. But it's very uncomfortable that you had a cop who's married and a 16-year-old.
0: I mean, I feel they could have found like a a teenage boy or made her a little older
1: yeah make her eighteen at least, or uh where would you get a teenage boy somewhere it's like unless Clancy Brown had a little brother, or I don't know
0: like Lovecraft has like a kid who does errands for him or something,
1: oh yeah, yeah, this kind of movie kind of was missing that kid sidekick that Noir has sometimes yeah like like the the dick Tracy page boy Yeah, shit. exactly. Mm-hmm. What the, what the hell is Dick Tracy's Tracy psychic called? Oh geez,
0: I I have actually never seen that movie.
1: Oh, I I don't know if that well that like, yeah that character probably definitely was in the comic, but well, I didn't read. I I used to read that a comic occasionally in the paper in the nineties, but I don't remember shit. Yeah. So of course you know. Anyway, yeah, it's 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 an awkward way to end a movie, but we saw it coming. Huh. So you know, Julianne Moore's headed to jail. Yeah, which seems like like. Lovecraft, you were the only one there to see her kill a guy, kind of in self-defense, sort of, but not Well, me I mean, I guess
0: it. Olivia was also
1: there. Yes, but she was in the car and gagged. That's like, yeah, true. She, oh, no, she was... No, she was out standing up and gagged at that point, yeah, like, why well, what is the, she going to say?
0: I mean, I guess the thing is that unlike most movies, it's not going to be, oh, yeah, you know, there's some Irish cop at the end. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, a demon from hell. Tell him to the judge, son. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, demon from hell. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Writes down, writes down that.
1: Yeah. You know, it just kind of seems weird that, like, he's definitely going to turn her over. Yes. Admittedly, that's a noir thing because, like, he doesn't use magic, but he plays by the rules, his own stupid rules.
0: Well, it's, uh, it's what, it's, uh, most noir movies were produced after the Haze Code, which specified that all evildoers must be punished for their evil.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess that is. This is playing by the Haze Code. Yeah. And so many people die. Yes.
0: And so often, when, when there is, like, a femme fatale, she's not. Because it also discourages violence against women, so she's killed by some sort of accident or something.
1: Yes, and yet we had Lily. <laughs> yes, like I, I, oh, just like. The, admittedly, that's such a minor character, but it's also the character that steals the book and and is what the MacGuffin mm-hmm. who they're looking for for half the movie.
0: Oh, and just uh,
1: dead. And um, as
0: for the Necronomicon, no, Lovecraft's going to keep it.
1: Yeah, on his desk.
0: (laughs) Okay. He he doesn't like magic, so he's not going to use it.
1: Admittedly, yes, but now you have, admittedly, the every 666 year conjunction is over, but there's a lot more pages in that book of evil that people would want. You're just keeping it on desk. That
0: reminds me, there's a great bit of acting from David Warner when it drops the sacrifice, and then he's just flipping through the pages like, shit, 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 shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was very... Oh, no. Not again. Uh,
0: Yeah, so... And, yeah, that is where we end off. Yeah, the landlady
1: comes back, because you took care of shit. I'm magic. I know.
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) And then did you know there's a
0: sequel to this movie?
1: Yes, which I didn't find out until a few years ago, but it has none of the same actors, although... Um,
0: it has a couple of the same characters. The, the, yes, the landlady's
1: Oh, the landlady's Yes, even, oh. uh, played
0: by a different actors. Uh Played by Cheryl Lee Ralph,
1: hmm.
0: uh, who you may know from Sister Act 2,
1: or uh, Moesha. Have I ever seen Moesha? I haven't seen Sister Act 2 in forever, I know that. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, I I found out there was a sequel that like it has less to do with magic or something or magic's illegal now or some
0: weird crap. I there well the magic I think has been there's a there's a very strong and somewhat clumsy uh magic communism analogy.
1: Uh, well that, where there's like a mm-hmm. there's
0: like a red scare mm-hmm. but it's you know I I have a list of known magicians.
1: That is actually a good idea for a movie, but like as a sequel to this, where everybody's using magic, kind of doesn't work.
0: Yeah, it's 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 okay. I Dennis Hopper. I like Dennis Hopper. He's not quite as comfortable in a genre movie as Fred Ward is.
1: No, he's an odd choice for this character. That again, it's an unlikable character. So
0: Uh, Eric Bogosian is a pretty good villain, (laughs) and uh, directed by Paul Schrader. The guy who wrote Taxi Driver, what? yes,
1: that's weird. Wrote Taxi
0: Driver wrote Raging Bull, wrote The Last Temptation of Christ, directed. Uh, although not the only horror movie he's directed, because he directed Cat People.
1: Oh, oh, his directing career is insane, then.
0: Pretty much, yes. I mean, he did, uh, yeah, Cat People. He did American Gigolo.
1: Wait, how much later was the sequel? Because I don't remember ever seeing that one on HBO.
0: It is three years later, 19, later nineteen ninety
1: four. Huh. And okay. Same, either that's either that's when I lost HBO, or somehow I missed it because it's not called Cast a Deadly Spell; it's just called Witch Hunt.
0: Yeah, same uh, uh, same writer, oddly enough. Oh, huh. uh, there is one really good scene in it where they're at a there's they're at a drive in movie, like a, it's like a gangster movie, and the the gangster on screen is shooting at the screen, and people are actually getting shot in the audience.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: it, it's kind of it, it's a cool scene. But uh, yeah, cast deadly spell. It's definitely worth digging up on HBO Max. It is a trim uh, ninety six minutes.
1: Yeah, it it does help that it's just barely over an hour and a half. But like, oh the 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 dealing with Lily. Is a massive problem. It is unfortunate. The rest of the movies, I, I mean, it is, like, 91, so it's hard to expect much better. But, like, the Lovecraftiness, the noir...
0: I mean, people you know, were doing better at the time. Like I said, Twin Peaks was doing better.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's... But uh, not everybody's David Lynch. Yes. It's mostly entertaining, just small caveat of warning. Then again, you're going into a movie with a character named Lovecraft. You're going to expect something a little probably not great. I mean, I feel that. Um, it's just not what I was expecting in that direction. Like, if HBO, if HBO. I
0: mean, if A. If HBO remade this now, it would be like a TV series or a miniseries.
1: Yeah, that. that Like, when I first but saw it, I, I figured. I think it could be really cool. Like. I was really expecting, like, oh, a yearly or every two-year sequel series with this. Because it's a great setup for, like, a series. Yeah. I and mean, yeah, I- now, now did HBO, get this back. I mean, oh, where, what was Lovecraft Country on? Which is all the series, series I need to watch. Oh, it was. Okay. Well, I guess they did that instead. I, I bought the series. I need to watch it. But I need to read the book first. That's just been on my shelf of, that's the next thing I read and watch. It's just, it's been months.
0: I feel that you could really do something interesting. I mean, this is fun, but I feel that, you know, you could really sort of explore sort of the weird racial and gender dynamics of Lovecraft and the 1940s. Yeah. Even though he... Did
1: Lovecraft even live to the 40s? Oh, I'm trying... I think he died in 37? 37, correct. Yes, because he was born in uh, 1890, mm. and lived for 47 years. I know way too much about Lovecraft. Well, yeah. Well, mostly because I listened to at least two podcasts about him. Because <laughs> <laughs> they started another one uh, about his letters. Which is interesting and horrifying at the same time. <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it's it's a nice take on Lovecraft by making Lovecraft the main character without actually being H.P. Lovecraft, even though he's named Howard Phillips Lovecraft in this movie still. But of course he drinks, and Lovecraft hated drinking and smoking.
0: And, you know, he, he he's pretty nice to his landlady. He was a black woman.
1: Yeah, oh, which, uh, there's there's at least one instance of... Lovecraft being nice to black characters in case of Charles Dexter Ward? Mm. But that might be the only one. But yeah, uh no.
0: I mean now this is just reminding me of that uh, movie where Jeffrey Combs plays Lovecraft.
1: Mm, yeah, that's the thing. I like I, I like this version where it's it's just using the name and it's taking off on the concept of the mythos. Whereas people playing actual Lovecraft? It's like, no, he was kind of this weird teetotaling, odd ball who maybe wasn't as odd as many people think, but he's still a strange little man.
0: I mean, he's definitely not a guy who would have owned a sword cane.
1: No. No, he, he was a very <laughs> stiff boy who owned one suit. But yeah, no, this is this is
0: you know, it's, it's, it's an hour and a half. The The creature effects are well dated. Extremely cool.
1: Yeah, well, because they pa- practical effects, they still look pretty good. Yes,
0: I mean cheesy, but good.
1: Yeah, it did it, it, mostly thumbs up. Yes. but also, wait a minute. I like like thumbs up with a considerable
0: content warning.
1: Yeah. Well, then, well, then again, like think of any Lovecraftian movie. There's a content warning. I mean, Reanimator. There's a lot of gore and weird shit going on.
0: And uh, some, some, some non-consensual relations with a head.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, from Beyond, also creepy. But, but then you get Barbara Crampton in leather, so that's kind of fun. <laughs> um, Color Out of Space. It's the best adaptation of a Lovecraft movie. Unfortunately, the director... Yeah. which uh I still really love that movie. And I'm annoyed we're not getting well, he was gonna, I think he was gonna make Dunwich Horror, maybe. But he's a fucking asshole, so <laughs> fuck him. But I am annoyed we're not getting Dunwich Horror. I I'm although I'm more annoyed that we never got the best Lovecraft movie, although we might still get it. For Guillermo del Toro at the Mountains of Madness. <sighs> I want that so bad cuz that's my favorite story. Yes. May not be the very best Lovecraft story, but it's my favorite. Cuz it it's it's like the thing and then some. Unfortunately, I, I think the thing with Guillermo said like he saw Prometheus and it's like fuck. Some of that was what I was going to do. <laughs> Which presumably is like how they did the hologram um shit in in the Ruins, right? Like, because most of that in the mountains of Mattis is adapting some scientists exploring an ancient temple in the South Pole <laughs> and trying to interpret paintings on the wall of starfish-headed monsters and blobs. It's like, oh, we could do that with holograms, and that'd be more fun. Mm. So, I, do, I, uh, I in, the, in my mind, that is the perfect Lovecraft movie. But this movie is fun enough of to take on. Well, cuz that's the problem. It's like trying to directly adapt Lovecraft is hard because it's so much in the character's head and their own thoughts about all oh, the horror of cosmic things and shit that's like not really as scary anymore. Ooh, miscongenation. <sighs> fucking Lovecraft. <sighs> uh, but yeah, fun movie. Oh. I I I'm surprised how much of it I did remember and shocked at the bits I didn't remember. <laughs> And my throat is giving out. Okay, we're done. All right, well, that is
0: it for us for this week. We'll be back uh, next week with more Transformers, yes. and we'll be back uh, sometime later talking about, uh, probably David and I talking about more weird old genre movies.
1: Yeah, there, there were there was a couple other other movies that you've seen. Or, no, there was... um, Yeah, there was one. Yes. Movie that... I forget if... Oh, no, I think it was on Tubi or something. Yeah,
0: we're probably going to see that one at some point. We're probably going to talk about that one as well. So uh, stay tuned for... Uh, I will say an 80s genre classic uh, starring Dennis Quaid.
1: Yeah, other than The Meg, what weird takeoff of just the two of us talking hasn't been an 80s or now 91 movie? <laughs> 80s into the early 90s.
0: All right, so until next time, I'm Rob.
1: And I'm David.